Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another special edition from the AFW crew, the FWF Pay-Per-View Reviews. Uh, this month, of course, we're going over Pay-Per-View number four. Uh, I am Jerry Damage. That's, yeah, numero... Numero cuatro. Cuatro, that's it, right. I took Spanish in high school, but, you know, you can see how well it stuck with me. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. I'm never leaving this country. I ain't going to Maine. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. You got me on that one. That's a good line in it. Yeah. All right. <sighs> I am your host, Jerry Cook, at Jerry Damage on Twitter, the host of the Presidente of the Carnage brand on Action Figure Wrestling. Joining me is my co-brand manager, partner, person. Your rival? Rival. Brand rival, I should say, because we're buddies, but... Not when it comes to the show! Is it a rivalry if Carnage keeps winning? What? 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 Point, Who, said Who said that? Who said that? Uh, commissioner that's not very down the middle. But as always, it's your friend, your I'll hero, your My House God. Sports Gear, sponsored athlete, the king of the down vote, Retromania Wrestling Superstar or Virgil, if you want to say, the foundation of Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators and IWA Vintage, the head of Breakdown, the one that the commissioner likes to put down, Mr. Daredevil Dave Dahl. And we are reviewing FWF Fun Wrestling Federation. I mean, figure wrestling federation. <laughs> I mean, it's fun too, sure. Yeah. It's uh, a great time. Uh, I mean, it started the AFW, so yeah, why not? I guess I'll transition to myself since Dave doesn't know how to transition to people. Uh, I don't do that because Nisho. you're beneath Nisho. me. I star am commissioner, star. Commissioner, I'm pointing oh, at Jerry because my camera's backwards. But whatever, you, you 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 just enjoy working on the B show. I am your commissioner. I am Mister Down the Middle, and that is how I can tell you for 100 certain that Dave <laughs> keeps talking smack. That breakdown will continue to be the B show. I am the major brewer. I am well, one of the number the B one show. fans. Start to the B, jackass, but it's the A show because it's better quiet you i am one of the number one fans of the off the hop road podcast i am the major brewer i am dylan gilbert and uh boys before we get into the review i'm gonna ask you a quick question what do you guys uh think is the action figure line that sparked my imagination for wrestling wrestling figure collecting sorry you already said it's the NXT basic Kevin Nash or Kevin it's Owens. The, it's the Barbie. BCA, the bone crunching fraction as I pop open a Sierra Nevada celebration to celebrate pay-per-view for Thanksgiving. It's just a good time. It's a good time for a hobby beer. Please bring me off, off the hop rope back. Mark, if you hear this, please, please bring it back. Please. It's I need it. God. It's gone. Me, Carrie Four. Cowling, at least ever twenty other marks. Forever. No. Me, Carrie Cowling, at least at least twenty other major marks. We all need it back, Mark. Please bring it back, please. 
You need it back like that's another needs intro crack. idea, by the way. We need Which to get not Carrie Cowling to do one. She'd be cool. Yeah, we could. She's yep. cool. I like her. So, uh, so Jerry, I, I'm going to hand this off to you because this is your baby, and uh, I will. That's right. So, cuddle it, you cradle it, and you rock it to sleep. So far, I think we are at uh, for the score going into this month. It has been. Uh, two to one in favor of turmoil. Turmoil took month one. Uh, of course, that was the you know Mark's first time coming out. There were some production issues and stuff for Mark, um, and I think that kind of cost him month one, month two. Mark rebounded really strongly, and mm-hmm. took month two, month three uh, was Halloween Horror Nights for Turmoil, which we felt that Beetlejuice was so over the top that uh, it pushed it ahead of thrill zone for that month and then coming into this it is still very very close uh these two mark is pushing broski to his limit on this and every time as soon as i finish uh listening to an episode my first thought is like well who won and i'm like man I'm, i've got to listen again because it's just going to be the nuances that are going to push one over the other uh, yep and you know i don't have I like to be able to say that when as soon as you turn it off, you're like, well, this show clearly won. That's just not the case this season. And they are just pushing each other <laughs> back and forth. Uh, put, I mean, just putting on great shows, and it's been a fantastic season. And, I, you know, this is what I, I was kind of skeptical of the monthly format uh, out of the gate. I still don't like the monthly format, no. But it's grown on me now that I've kind of gotten, you know, used to it. And uh, we're getting some good, you know, entertainment out of it. So. So, first off, um, we have a slight change uh, to the host for FWF this week, or this month, as Brian mm. is out with COVID. What? Get well soon, big dog. Yeah. Was he it actually what? It, yeah, he was uh, COVID positive, so. Is that why he uh, did that giveaway in his room? He's like, my gimmick bag. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, so he is, <laughs> you know, feeling, I think he is improving and things he said on the pod this week. Uh, but when they recorded the FWF, that was, you know, he that was the why he wasn't there. Uh, which, you know, speedy recovery to him. And I think he said it had, um, you know, the entire family were kind of down with it. So hopefully, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, rebounds and gets healthy again from it. Um, certainly wish speedy recovery there. Uh, but DCA yeah. audio has, medium, but uh, I'm I'm go. actually using my Brian Myers most professional wrestler there. koozie, like I always use. We're yeah. speedy recovery for for you and all of your children <clears throat> and wife. Um, you know, DCA you stepped up last minute and become the host. Um, yeah. It's his first time out of the gate, so we'll, you know, he he's not. It's it's big feel big uh, shoes to fill there for Brian to step in that role. It definitely uh, last wasn't minute the same. and stuff. So definitely not the same, but you know uh, he played the role pretty well. Just kind of his you know timekeeper, um, and I think Matt and Brian or Matt and uh, Mark, sorry, stepped up and kind of you know helped alleviate some of that and stuff. But so then we so, kick so off to as, turmoil. As before we before we dive completely as mm-hmm. uh, as somebody who kind of plays that role uh on a weekly basis i you know i think he did the the ideal version of what you're supposed to do because he just let the shows be 
what they are and, and occasionally would, would chime in with the times yeah. was not as kind of like over the top and entertaining as somebody who is like a seasoned veteran of this, which is just to be understood, man. He's a, he's a fan like all of us diving into being in the podcast that we're all fans of. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand how that is. It's, it's nerve wracking, but I would have loved to seen a little bit more of the, the commish that we see in the group. Cause like he's, he's very entertaining in the group. He's got, you know, he's always got his spin on things. I'd love to have seen that in FWF, but I could totally see how I would have frozen up in the exact same spot. If you put me in but, that role, but he didn't really freeze up. No offense. DCA like the guy and all, but he didn't well, was, really try. It was just a last minute kind of thing though. I, I don't think it was, it's not yeah, like, but, you know, they planned out, you know, like, Hey DC, we're going to need you next week because Brian's going to be, you yeah, know, it was, it was, it seemed like it was very much last second. second. I mean, Brian's so, reactions are also yeah, natural. that's just that's it's not like Brian knows what's happening. Wasn't the same, but you know, um, and, I mean, but that's to be expected. He stepped like, up the and same you know, thing helped out. So same thing with Mark in, in pay per view one, just not used to the role, and so like I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, like nothing, and, you know, nothing but respect for him for stepping in and and taking that position. Like DCA, if you hear this, one hundred percent respect. You've always been cool to me. Um, but you know that there was definitely some points where like Brian would have responded or laughed or done something that he didn't do, and I think that's just you know not wanting to step on the pod or whatever. Yeah, there. I understand. We'll get to a spot here that I think Brian would have would have loved. Oh um, yeah. Okay, so we start <laughs> off. There's a few I can think of. Yeah, so we'll we'll get to that. Okay, so to Sorry. the pay per views, um, turmoil starts off with uh, the pay per view of. This was for season one. It was the pay-per-view of the year was collusion collision with the collusion collision match, which is a 25 man uh, Royal Rumble esque type match. You keep four men in the ring at all at one time. You are eliminated by going over the top rope pinfall or submission. And then as soon as one man is out, another one will come in to keep four uh, going at all times until that 25th man hits. And then, once you get down to the final two men, a steel cage will lower from the ring or lower from the ceiling. A ladder will be placed inside and then a contract will be lowered down and whoever can climb up and get that briefcase with the contract uh, will go on to Major Fest, the main event there. So, But first, um, I remember on the 1-900 uh, turmoil that Matt does, the little Q&A, and I'd, I'd ask him, uh, my question for it was, if he was concerned at all, because when he did it last year, you know, there was, I mean, he did every entrance and every um, elimination. I mean, it was very, very detailed and it also time consuming though. It was a long pay-per-view for him. And so this course in this format, you know, they are limiting themselves to 30 minute time limits. And so how could you do this one justice uh, in that time limit? So, I said, are you going to have, because my original thought was, you know, are you going to have three or four matches with it? And then how do you get the collusion collision done in the proper amount of time too? Uh, and he said, no, you're just having one other match and then collusion collision. And of course that one other match is the franchise Shane Douglas taking on Hulk Hogan for the turmoil world heavyweight championship in an NWO medal match. Uh, if you're asking what is an NWO medal match, that is because Matt got the NWO medal match 
um, playset, which is a black NWO painted uh, steel cage. Different is than that the steel actually cage. a thing, or did he paint it? No, it's it's a legit playset that he found. Because he got it uh, maybe in the last month or so. I want to say mm-hmm. in the pod he talked about getting it. Yeah, um, I remember so it's him a legit. About it. It, yeah, it's a legit playset, um, and that's what he used it for. Is this so? Um, pretty good match between these two. Uh, this would be a match that I think uh, I would have loved to have seen. You know, Shane Douglas kind of at this time could have really put on a match. Um, could have brawled with Hogan, and really, you know, kind of turned it on. Um, here in turmoil, though, we see Douglas start to get, um, you know, get the lead. Goes to crawl out of the cage. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes in, slams the still the cage door on him. Hogan hits the leg, and uh, Hogan ends up getting the win there thanks to some assistance from the NWO. Uh, thoughts on that? You know, it's kind of keeps Hogan with the belt, keeps Hogan reigning strong. Uh, Shane Douglas was a good challenger that kind of came out of nowhere for him. So I kind of like that coming in. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, it just we've we've talked about it so many times. Matt is the god of Gaga. That uh, like all of the kind of screwiness around that. Yeah, that finish was. But great. I, I give him I, I give him Mark credit. Mark's getting Mark's giving him a run for his money on some stuff. But uh, well, Matt, oh, Matt's we'll the king of Gaga. That, but Matt's worry. the king of Gaga. But I think that Brian or Mark is definitely giving him a run. Um, so then after that, we go backstage to some interview segments. Um, and this is Matt kind of doing what he does best. I think that, you know, we talked about all the backstage stuff with Beetlejuice, and that's kind of what gave him uh, month three for us. So here, nuts. so this was maybe part, this might have been my favorite part of listening back to it. Um, we see, start off with Goldberg watching a monitor, and he's watching Thrill Zone. And then, of course, Austin comes over, and he's like, what's that? What are you watching, son? You know, and they're watching Stone Cold Steve Boston, or Rock Hod. Steve Boston. Rock come again. You get to come again in there. Um, you know, so they kind of have some interaction there and things. You kind of wonder if um, you're having Austin versus Goldberg lead to something that would be kind of neat. Of course, we saw that last year in season one when Goldberg <laughs> ran over Austin with his car. Um, I mean, Austin is bald with a goatee, so you got to run him over with a car. That's just the rule. Just the rule, yeah. That's the way she goes. Um, Kane. Uh, we see a little promo with her. Kane, where he talks about you know getting revenge on the Acolytes. Uh, one thing that I want to... S- this was recorded after the live uh, podcast. So I want to make that distinction because I think there was a missed opportunity that Matt had made here. Uh, because he called... He said Ron Simmons and... In uh, and, and Bradshaw, instead of he should have said Varuk, Varuk, yeah. like just just to get that Varuk in there. Like I just think that that would have been nice. But you know, anyways, uh, Bret Hart and Jericho say they're going to team up and make sure the Canadian wins. And then <laughs> the highlight of it after that, it is dumb. When we <laughs> see Henry O. Godwin come out. And he goes by, I'm not Henry O'Godwin. My name is Mark. And he is dumb Mark with his pet pig, Max. 
Rude. Uh, <laughs> rude, <laughs> yeah. That's the, the best way to describe it, wouldn't it? Um, uh, <laughs> as soon as he started, he said the word Mark, I was like, oh, I, I kind of got the idea where he was going. And he actually has the, you know, there was actually the custom dumb Mark that he had with the white hair. The silver. It was silver because yeah, it was like a chrome hair. silver if you watch the <laughs> yeah. video, which is so, great. <laughs> so, I mean, how can you not love that? Uh, just great stuff. And then, of course, you go to Shane Douglas back in the back. Um, Hogan is addressing the NWO to him. You better win this, dude. We're the NWO. We don't lose. And then Shane Douglas uh, attacks him. And then they end up killing Shane Douglas uh, with the nasty silver <laughs> sludge. And Shane Douglas, of course, this is this is a death scene, man, because he's not coming back from this. He gets cut at the end of the episode. So, so thoughts on the backstage segments? I think that was pretty entertaining. Uh, dumb Mark uh, definitely popped us all. I think, and that, oh yeah, that's D- the one thing. Dumb Mark got me. Dumb Mark you know, and his and his fat pig Max got me so hard. Brian would have definitely popped. I think for that one, like you know, if he was sitting there, and you know, oh, so definitely. it was the. I kind of would have been interested to hear. That's that's two guys he's got an investment in. (laughs) And it's it's a direct response to Rock Hot Steve Boston, which is a direct response to how Matt's booking the Patriot. So I, I, you know, I love the the, the kind of the silliness of this because it to me just does feel like being a kid and like your buddy does something with one of your favorite guys. You're like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to call you dumb in my fed. But... And if, there, if, if, well. if FDF was every week, you know that dumb Mark would just have dumb segments like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, forgetting to do like everyday things and having dumb things. I just missed. He was going to like come to week. the ring and forget to lace his boots and like trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I miss every week too. But at the same point, like when we got the every week, um, you have to think that was during COVID. So there were no wrestling shows going on. Yeah. Um, you know, and they had much more time to devote to it. Things, whereas now, um, you know, Matt's wrestling three to four shows a week. Uh, Mark is on AEW traveling, you know, all the time. Uh, on top of doing the regular podcast and stuff, so there's just not the time to devote to it and do it properly. So oh, I, definitely, I just I miss it. it but, but I, I mean, Mark too, does a good I, job of building it up with that opening that he does. Yeah, I love so. his openings. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then we'll we talk get to about that later. So then we get to the collusion collision match, um, which is, I mean, uh, this is Matt at his finest. I think if, if you, you know, this was the match of season one um, that everybody just loved just because of the amount of detail that goes into it. And uh, I, I, I he got it in, point. he was close to time, but he got it in, got it all in. I made a point um, to watch the video because it's so impressive because like you, if you're listening to just the audio, it it sounds like he's reading notes. But if you watch the video, he is looking just to the left of his camera. He's staring, like very clearly staring off into space. And this is all just coming right off the top of his brain, which is just so yeah. freaking impressive. I mean, that is just all coming st- straight from the mind of the broski. Yeah, it is unreal. So we have. Um... A few things. We'll just kind of note some stuff that happened during the match. Um, you have TNA, which is, you know, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Albert and Tess going up against Taz there in the beginning, early part of it. Um, you have the Dudleys come out and kind of team up with Taz. So you kind of wonder if maybe we're headed towards 
um, some kind of six man action there. Maybe next month we'll see that, or you know, at Major Fest, maybe that's where it'll lead to. Um, which would be kind of cool because I think the Dudleys are the tag champs right now, aren't they? So you have um, tag team champions plus Taz versus uh, TNA, which is Jarrett with the hardcore title and, you know, team uh, Albert and Tess. So, uh, so that'll be kind of cool to see. Then we have, of course, Beetlejuice comes out to get his revenge on and help, you know, Taz and the Dudleys uh, beat them. The Headbangers get some cool tag team. Uh, maneuvers there. We see D'Lo Brown betray Goldust. Uh, so you maybe will see in some kind of, you know, maybe that'll culminate in a match at Major Fest. Kane comes out, um, looks pretty good. And then, of course, we see a second Kane appear with the full sleeve, though. So you know that that's probably not Kane under that. Uh, turns out that it is Papa Shango. So we see a new. Instead of the Godfather, now we have he ran backstage. The Godfather was already eliminated, but he ran backstage, uh, shaved his head, and put on the makeup and came right back out <laughs> to dress as Kane, um, which is a cool custom that Dave Wheeler did. Uh, if you guys not Definitely. seen that picture, yeah, it was like, very good. It looks almost just like the Elite. I mean, he did a great job on it. So, yeah, he did a really good job. Dave Wheeler's killing it right now. Uh, we see Edge and Christian keep up their rivalry. That's certainly headed towards some kind of big uh, match at Major Fest for the Interstate title. Shane McMahon and Jeff Hardy had some interactions again. Um, they've been kind of slowly teasing that. Um, every time Jeff Hardy has an interaction with the NWO, Shane's there. And so I would imagine that's heading towards Major Fest. Undertaker still was not there. So you got to kind of think he maybe he'll come back and help. Kane defeat uh, the Acolytes and Papa Shango. Uh, Jericho and Brett team up again. You're making true on their Canadian pact. Uh, the NWO, we saw the Giant about to get eliminated when Brock Lesnar came in, and Brock Lesnar does not help save him and kind of laughs at him. So you is that a rift forming in the NWO there? Um, subtle storytelling. Dun, dun, dun. And then we see Austin come in and Goldberg... And it gets down to, in fact, you kind of think maybe Austin coming in at number 25. It's probably headed towards Austin repeating as the winner for Collusion Collision. But no, the Canadian Army of Bret Hart and Chris Jericho uh, managed to prevail and get the win. And then Bret Hart climbs up the ladder with Jericho and screws Jericho in the end to keep the belt. And then... Bret Hart retrieves a contract, and instead of going to Major Fest, he said he wants to do it at the next pay-per-view uh, in December and forego Major Fest. And then there is a... He announced some other match coming up to... Uh, like a number one contenders match, basically, with like the last uh, four participants. So like Austin, Goldberg, Jericho, and somebody else. Um, you know, whoever wins that will then go on to face the winner of Hogan and Bret. So... Um, I like seeing Brett come up in that. It's something different. Um, I would not have liked it if Austin had won again. I think that probably been predictable and kind of like, yeah, Austin won. Um, yeah. So Brett winning kind of throws something new out there. Um, but I kind of feel like it's probably just going to be <laughs> just another. It's kind of like Shane Douglas was this month where you're just feeding Spicy. somebody new. Yeah, you're just kind of feeding somebody new to Hogan. 
Uh, it's a big name, so it's somebody who like could potentially beat him, but you know, realistically, you're like, well, they're probably not going to. You know, so. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think Hogan is going to lose until potentially Major Fest if he's going to lose at all. Yeah, that's kind of. So what I I'd be about. interested to see like what happens with this Hogan Brett match, and then but, who comes out on top of that number one contenders match. And I, I kind of got an itching feeling that that the uh, the Brock Lesnar uh, giant thing is going to kind of feed into that, but that's just. It's just kind of what was pinging in the back of my brain when he made a point of saying, like, Lesnar doesn't save the giant. He just looks at him and laughs. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like there's going to be something to that. My only thing is, is I think the time limit hurt him because he couldn't get the full stories of everything he was trying to do out. I think he got pretty much. I don't think there's hardly anything he really left on the table. I think no, he got it I, I don't think he left in. anything on the table. I just think the way he developed the situations that happened in the first one, because he had no time limit, was better. He was also doing like... It could take longer. <laughs> he was also doing like full countdowns for everybody with their entrance music on the first one too, though. So, I mean... But I'm just saying, know, like, yeah. that time <laughs> the limit... The first one was excessive, but, inst- but Instead of being like, you know, like... You know, the time like, limit made it. Oh, not and here's what the next person. It he was like been. countdown, and so that's what I'm saying. It's the time limit made it what, like, you know, kind of ruined it a little bit. I wouldn't even say ruined it, but I, I would definitely say like it, it hindered it. Kind it. Of, it yeah, compressed some things to use an audio term. It compressed some things that you, you know, but I, I think with. The time limit, I think Matt stepped it up and made this one. I mean, Collusion Collision could have just been his entire pay-per-view. And I don't think anybody would have complained, but he still packed in the extra match and all the backstage stuff. The, the you know, the debut of Dumb Mark and his, his fat pig, Max. Like, he, he did a good job of, of taking what could have just been a one-match pay-per-view and still making it feel like enough happened outside of the collusion collision. And I, I give him nothing but props for that. Cause it was so impressive. <laughs> oh yeah. He definitely did. He did a great job of doing it. It was just for me, it fell a little flatter than last year's. Yeah. And it, it you know, the time limit definitely played a factor for Matt. Um, you know, even if you take away the entrances and stuff that he did last year for it, um, you know, you still have the, you know, he, he couldn't have went in-depth as what he did last year for anything. So it was a factor. Um, I give him an eight. I give yeah, him an eight. Let's, uh, so now let's let's rate it everything out of ten. I give uh, it an Dave eight. Dave gives an eight. Dave's got an eight. I, we I pretty I'm, on point I'm, last night, but or last time for month three, we were all pretty on point. But I don't know if we will be on this one. I, I'm going to say... Um, I'm gonna say eight and a half, just because I'm, I'm eight super and impressed with everything. He, I mean, like it. If we're going purely off of like the storylines and what he's what he's doing to build a major mm-hmm. fest, I'm I'm saying a solid, solid eight. If if we're looking at like what he did with the time frame that he had and everything, it's it's a freaking twelve out of ten. <laughs> but I, I I say just for the sake of for the sake of this, eight and a half out of ten. I mean, he, there's obviously there's always something more you could do, but man, he had a home run on that one. 
I'm going to go a nine. So we're all yep. right there. Yeah. We're all kind so of a composite right score of like eight, you know, eight and a half ish. Yeah. Um, I think we're all kind of pretty much on the same page and stuff. But like I said, that's uh, with all these pay reviews here in the last little bit, though, there it just it's going to come down to just like one little thing that makes you know drives home the difference for everybody uh, and puts one right. over top of the other. They're all very very close. And this month, you know, like I said, same thing again as Thrill Zone presents War Cry. Oh, and we get started, kick things off with that great entrance by is it CPA? No, Troy, it's no, it's top shelf. Troy, top Nelson. Shelf. Yeah, Troy Nelson does it. So don't disrespect um, my boy. Yeah, but does those entrance, <laughs> those awesome, awesome uh, entrances, those recaps and stuff. Uh, you know, just kind of refresh what happened last month and kind of get hopped for this month. Um, those are such a great thing. Matt has his, you know, standard entrance that he does for turmoil. Welcome to the jungle, you know, and then all your favorite terminal superstars are walking down. They're doing their finishing moves, you know. It's time. It's time. It's time for turmoil. So Matt's got his standard always, entrance, uh, and this I is a good hop video. Like attitude era when he does that. Oh yeah, with the explosions Marks, and everything, like yeah. Warzone entrance. Kind of picture yeah. the uh, the That's current, the current like WWE like video packages, which there's a lot of things that I disagree with in the current product, but their video packages are always gold yeah so top shelf troy nelson with those those like previously on thrill zone like it it just feels like those big epic video packages and i love that yeah yeah i agree um to kick off the show we have macho man randy savage coming out which um, impression needs work it it, mark's not an impressionist um, but his all. his work is so easy he, to do. He has definitely stepped up though. Mark, been Mark thinking, has done some great thinking, stuff here. Thinking. Yeah, all you got to like, do is go a little bit deeper in things for you know for that. But um, I, I have to differentiate between Hogan and Macho a lot. Yeah, you do have trouble with that too because well, because they're like, in the same segment all the do, time. Brother? And then yeah. Macho's like, listen here. Yeah, well, because they're talking in the same segment all the time, so it's not. See, see if I would have got yeah. the first draft pick, I would have had Hogan, and I would have been fine because you know I can do both. But you know, I'll be quiet, Dave. I'm just saying, <laughs> <You gotta roll laughs> yeah. basketball, Dave. not yeah. doing not doing Hogan so, any justice over there on uh, Carnage. Know, he's, he's got the belt. I don't know what I can do more for him. But, yeah, <laughs> what more can he do? Okay, Matt Junior. Um, he's the leader of the MWO, by the way. Come on, Matt Jr. I, I don't use the NWO. That's you know, oh. who uses the NWO? I use the MWO. Oh, that's cool. You're Major so Warrior. different. I am. It's unique. Sucking up to another podcast. Love Quiet, you, FWS. Love you, Major World Order. So Macho Man comes out. This thing moving. Shut up, Dave. Macho Man comes out. I want to shut up. Uh, announces that he hijacks this whole freaking thing. Yeah. All right. So Macho Man comes out. <laughs> He announces that he sustained some pretty bad injuries, uh, and he announces his retirement, and he is moving on to full-time commentator role. No, he just announces his retirement at this point. So Jumping ahead. Yeah, jumping oh, ahead. Sorry. Rewind. Yeah, rewind. Um, so Macho Man is one that, you know, you kind of wonder where he's going to head out with this storyline. Um, you know, it's one of those ones that, you don't want to give it to Matt, so you kind of wonder, if, you know, what's going on long term for him here. Um, 
lots of injuries are pop. Thrill Zone's a dangerous place to work because you got the, the Macho Man's getting career-ending career-ending injuries here. The Rock broke his back and has not been seen on either show, which I still cannot believe. How does yeah. neither show have The Rock? We're not talking about like Dan Severn here or something like that. We're talking about this The Rock, one of the biggest the superstars biggest of the era, Hollywood movie star going today. Nobody has not know that he's perfect for this format because guess what? You can make entertaining segments with him left and right. You could plug him onto any program on either show and it would work and be great. And he's not on either brand. I, I thought about that earlier today and I was like, nobody picked up the rock. Like not only did Mark drop him, nobody has him. Like how do you, unless he's a secret draft pick that nobody's using, which again, you're not using the rock. What the hell? <laughs> like, come on. I mean, you've got to use the, rock. I mean, Wayne literally Johnson. like Mark could pick him up and put him in major fest main event and be like, that's, that's perfect. Fine. Great. I would do. I'd love it. Matt and could I pick it up and have, that's what he's doing. Matt could pick it up and have Hogan versus the rock for the title at major fest. And I would love it. I'd say book it. Let's run with it. No, but for no him build, to be, if just, he goes this entire season, and we, if they go the entire season and nobody uses the rock, Unless both of them have just forgotten that he's out there because they assumed that he would have been on the other brand, the other brand. And then, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I, I thought about that earlier and I was like, I got to bring that up because how do you not have the rock? I mean, it's like I said, it's let, not, let it's not some random to both brands. Yeah. The rock is he, out there. Please. He's out somebody. There getting, yeah, do Mark something. Released him if he had long-term plans to get him, him again, pick him back up. Ahmed Johnson has been on both brands like 10 times, man. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, but they're all yeah, short seriously. term. <laughs> so get the rock back. It's somebody. It's the rock. It's the rock. So, um, then we go to a backstage segment. Uh, this was, this popped me pretty good. This was Mark coming into his own here with his promos. Ahmed Johnson. Uh, this is how you do oh, Ahmed yeah. Johnson. Oh, yeah. You just have. <laughs> um, of course, that with, you know, and then we get the man who is over, <laughs> over to the moon, Rock Hot Steve Boston, saying, listen, cool bag. I already beat that other tool bag. I just don't have the belt for it. But I'll beat you, and then I'll go back and beat that tool bag. So, yeah. Um, Come again? But this was perfect for Ahmed. Ahmed, you know, that impersonation really popped me. Um, that's the way you get Ahmed over is with that that threat there, which sadly, Ahmed, you know, this is the only time we're going to catch it, probably unless Matt picks him up and does it, uh, which is possible. But we're running out of time for that to happen, so who knows? Yeah. yeah. So then we go to um, Owen Hart versus Ric Flair. Uh, of course, Bam Bam drags Flair down. Flair's still looking disheveled and uh, not himself. Owen easily gets the win. Uh, Owen has had a lot of title defenses and not really outside of his loss to Rock Hod Steve Boston. You know, he's not really been challenged so far this season. So uh, he's been a a fighting champion, if you want to call him that. But Quarter So then we have the number one contender tag team spectacular, Holland Nash versus the Boogie Knights versus Chronic, Chronic, Chronic versus chronic. Dennis Rodman and Bam Bam. Um, and of course, outsiders end up getting the win. So, you know, we set up um, continuing the click versus 
House of Pain storyline because they'll be going up against LOD for the tag titles next. Uh, kind of like that. I think the Hall and Nash are fitting challengers for the LOD. Uh, and then probably might it might have been the segment of the show for me. Uh, Mick Foley comes out for a major announcement. Announces that you know, Yokozuna has still those elevated liver enzymes because he keeps eating chicken asses dipped in mayonnaise. <laughs> dipped in mayonnaise. And if he just lay off them, he could have his matches, man. But this is a second month in a row that that fat ass has, <laughs> has not put down chicken asses. So he announces that, and he's unfortunately out. Mark Mike Awesome will instead go against him. But then the newest, America's newest millionaire, New Jack, comes down and announces that he invested his money that he got from his grandma into 50% ownership of Thrill Zone. And low-key, you've got to love the New Jack impersonation and promo from uh, from Mark. I, I popped earlier when I was listening to it for the second time. Yep. Just because he's like, wait, motherfucker, I ain't done yet. And I was like, <laughs> he just, he nailed it, man. It was perfect New Jack. I mean, like, I if I close my eyes and pictured it, like I could picture New Jack have, delivering that promo uh, perfection. Which Rich New Jack as like co-commissioner, general manager type role. That's something I never knew I wanted until we got it. And now that I'm listening to it, I'm like, dude, New Jack in charge would be perfect. Like he would take no shit. And he would run everything and it would be great. So I one thousand percent. Yes. Perfect. New Jack with money in charge. <laughs> it, it, oh my god, man. I was I was dying laughing the whole time. Yeah, it was it was well done by Mark. Uh the segment was well well written by the booking committee, I guess we'll call it <laughs> or whoever wrote it. So um Smart Mark Enterprises. Yeah, Smart Mark Enterprises. <laughs> so then he it's the big reveal. Because, of course, last month and month three, New Jack listened to Balls Mahoney about the conspiracy theory. And tonight we find out what that is. This is the big reveal of what has been going on uh, here on Thrill Zone. We now know that it was actually a huge conspiracy by Henry LLC. Is that what it was called? I think Mark Henry's. Mark Henry LLC. Mark Henry LLC or something like that. Um, <laughs> balls unfold, unfigured it out through a combination of his best friend accountant who lives next door to him, uh, the pizza place that he frequents and gets all those pizzas from that Kurt Angle keeps throwing on the floor, <laughs> and and his best friend, his brother, who's a a bookie in Vegas. Uh, but apparently, Mark Henry has been betting on matches and then bribing people to take losses, and then he's raking in all the profits from those. And, of course, Commissioner Foley knew about it and let it happen and didn't stop it. So, Cactus uh, is painted as a bad guy here a little bit from this whole enlightenment and stuff. And now that the cat's out of the bag, we see New Jack make his first match of Mike Awesome versus Balls Mahoney because there's big money on Mike Awesome to lose tonight. Uh, and, of course, Mike Awesome does not fight back at all against Balls. Balls just whips his ass with trash cans and chairs and everything up and down the, you know, up and down the, it's a huge brawl, gets inside the ring, 
finally hits the nutcracker sweet. And then instead of pinning Mike Awesome, he lays down and rolls Mike Awesome on top of him for the, till Mike Awesome gets the win. Um, and so they cost Henry LLC a lot of money on that one. And also we find out that Flair uh, had put some money down on Mike Awesome to win. And so Flair celebrates his independence, as it would turn out, because he was a uh, heavily in debt to Henry LLC as a bookie, which is why he was being drugged around by Bam Bam and forced to kind of just go and job out matches and things. But now, thanks to that victory, he had put his money down on it, made enough money back to pay off his debt and have a whole boatload of cash to go out on the town with later. So, Woo! The one thing I liked, um, I did not like about this, was, okay, so we find out what's going on with Flair. That's kind of good. And then um, at the end of this segment, Flair says that it's going to be him versus Bam Bam at Major Fest. Uh, I would have preferred, you've got another pay-per-view coming up, so I don't know what the plans are for Flair coming up here in the pay-per-view five. But I would kind of like to see Flair do a big redemption thing because you got to think. I mean, there. I'm sure there's another plan for Mark Henry, but I would not mind Flair getting a shot at Mark Henry at Major Fest. Um, and I think that would be a suitable challenger there. And it's Ric Flair, you know. And it's the if this is what Mark or what Ric Flair does, um, I kind of be surprised a little bit just because you know Mark is a huge Flair guy. So I kind of felt that Flair would have had a bigger role um, than what he's had so far, but. Yeah, what what I personally would have done was have, you know, Flair versus Bam Bam at the next pay per view, and have that build to Flair versus Henry at Major Fest, as just like that one last like, hey, you know, this is this is the big fu for what you put me through. But yeah. I mean, this is this is you know, it, this is Mark we're talking about, one of the biggest Ric Flair fans on the planet. I'm sure but, he's got plans. But the fact that he's waiting to make Flair that megastar that he is shows you that he didn't want to shove his like of a superstar down your throat. Well, yeah, just like Brian last season, <clears throat> there was a lot of the ECW guys that I thought for sure he was going to take and push to the moon, and he didn't for the sake of like what's going to make the best product, which nothing but respect again. Well, yeah, but you're also talking – you're, we're not talking about, um, you know, Mosh and Thrasher, the Headbangers, or something like that, and making them main event. We're talking about Ric Flair. I mean, so if you put Ric Flair in the main event, I'm not going. I'm not going to judge that for happening. And we'll be like, okay, it's Ric Flair. He he, you know, can pass in the main event, and that be more than acceptable. So, uh, but so I get it. You know, I get. Been, it's been fascinating having Ric Flair kind of be like going through all of the things he's gone through and having Ric Flair like lay down. It's like, but, but it's, it's Ric Flair. Why would he be laying down? It's, it's elevated the storyline in a way because it is Ric Flair. That's been taking all these losses, you know, mm-hmm. that's just my <clears throat> two cents. Yeah. So comes up to the next segment. We get Shawn Michaels talks, of course, uh, pay-per-view three. He costs the battle pit match for team thrill zone. Uh, when he climbed out and flipped off Hall and everything, and we kind of see what his thoughts are, why he did it, why he left, why he 
um, did what he did. And he said he's still not over, he's still not forgiving Scott Hall for what he did at Major Fest. And of course, uh, anybody remembers Sean won the belt at Major Fest. And then immediately after he won it and realized the boyhood dream, Scott Hall comes out and he had a money in the bank uh, type briefcase mat or briefcase. He cashes in immediately and beats Sean. And as Major Fest goes off the air, uh, we see Scott Hall as the champion going into this one. So Sean held a grudge, finally got some revenge there. Uh, he's also not too happy with Sting debuting there in the Battle Pit match because he felt that he was going to win the match until Sting came in and stole the spotlight. So uh, maybe we're kind of setting up Sting versus Shawn Michaels, which that's, that's an interesting pairing that I would not have thought. Um, I would not have, not where I would have went, but not something that I'm unhappy with, you know? You kind of see it's those a dream two match we didn't know it we is. needed. Yeah. And so when you when I kind of saw this coming about, I was like, all right, I'm I'm okay with that actually, you know. Uh I yeah, thought that we would get and maybe we'll still get it next month. Uh where we'll get Sean maybe and Razor, but now Razor is tied up in the tag team title scene. Um so you kind of wonder, you know, kind of wonder where that's gonna go. Um it was Razor, right? Not Triple H. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, it's Holland Nash. Yeah. Okay. Wanted to make sure of that because I, I, I the didn't. Outsiders. Not, I, I remember think, when I listened to it, I remember thinking that, um, you know, I would naturally have thought that there would be a Sean uh, Scott Hall match at some point. Uh, maybe we'll still get that, but now, you know, looks like they're headed towards other programs. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but then. New Jack comes down, says, "Motherfucker, you gonna face this guy?" And he gets the debuting <laughs> Ray Mysterio Jr. Uh, and of course, Ray Jr. comes in, makes a huge splash, so to speak, when he gets the victory thanks to some help from Sting. Sting repel the referee's distracted, checking on Ray Jr. Uh, Sting repels down from the ceiling, hits a Scorpion Death Drop, repels back up to the top of the ceiling. The referee turns around, uh, does not see any of that. Ray Jr. gets the win after that. So uh, it's a big debut for Ray Jr. And definitely furthers that Sting, Shawn Michaels storyline uh, to set up hopefully probably a dream match there at Major Fest, I guess is where it's probably going to head to. So Then we that's go backstage. Yeah, so I, I think that'll be – that's a good matchup, good pairing and stuff that I – like I said, I'm – would not have thought about that one, but now that uh, you kind of see it, you're like, well, I'm, that'll be pretty good. Uh, Angle then comes, so we go backstage. We see Kurt Angle and Steve Blackman um, saying they don't have a match tonight, so they're getting ready to leave. And New Jack's like, where are you going? Uh, they're not booked. And so New Jack says, I'll tell you what, you can have off this month and next month. But all that has to happen is Balls Mahoney will get his hardcore or wrestling title match at Major Fest if next month Balls Mahoney can beat Steve Blackman. So, kind of setting up some long-term stuff here. Um, Steve Blackman, I guess, is just pretty much just going to come in here and be Angle's lackey for a you know, better term. Um, and Mr. Charisma. Mr. Charisma. Yeah. I, I would like to see roster. a little bit more about that, but, you know. That's Please kind of don't hard to kick book my ass, ass Steve Blackman. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't kick my ass. 
He's coming for you now. You so better watch out. He's going to kick your ass. Been long-term uh, storytelling here. So we're going to have uh, Angle and Balls probably heading into Major Fest. I think that's a good safe bet that we'll see that match up, and that'll be good. Uh, hey, Balls actually has an amateur wrestling background. He's like a – I think he was a state champion in high school of New Jersey. So uh, you never know. Well, you can imagine going into this uh, <laughs> Angle versus – him angle is going to completely laugh it off like it's a big joke and then if balls could get like a takedown on angle or something the look of like utter shock, shock. and disbelief on angle's face you can just picture it oh, yeah. that he would not believe what happened so that's the perfect uh, way to oh, look yeah. it yeah so I, and it's, i'll be it's the, uh, interested to see what the, happens like, here with it it's the trap game of professional wrestling like you know when you've got like your your number one college team and they go up against like the number 25 team that has a shot, you know, but they're like, Oh, it's number 25. We're number one. This has every possibility to be that trap game that, you know, like angles looking over and, and balls catches them on like the, the roll up at the right time and, and just cinches it in, which I'm interested to see what, what Mark does with this. Yeah. I kind of want to see where it goes. Or how it ends, rather. I think we, we kind of know where it's headed, but it'll be right, right. Uh, interesting to see what happens with it. Then we go to the number one contender for the interstate title, Rock Hod, Steve Boston versus Ahmed Johnson. Come again? <coughs> Excuse me. Come again? Um, come again. So this match starts off with uh, they just beat the hell out of each other up and down the arena, brawling through the crowd and everything, and then finally they get into the ring. Uh, the bell rings, and then Rock Hot Ripper, and a pinfall. So, despite them fighting for like 15 minutes, uh, it's a 20 second match technically, from bell to bell. Uh, but then, of course, we get Rock Hot Steve Austin gets the number one contendership for the Interstate Title, and of course, he did already pin Owen Hart. So, you got to think maybe, you know, the crowd wants it, man. Are you gonna? Give the people what they want, you know. Is he going to beat that dastardly like Owen Hart? Um, I mean, Steve yeah. Boston is over. He is over big time. So let's, you know, you got to give the people. Let's what give they him want. a strap, man. Give him a strap. Let him beat Mark Henry too. Give him all the belts. Let him bring bring let in let his brother. Let him be the tag champions. Yeah, let him be I, the I tag champions. He can just the two man power trip right there. How about that. The one man power trip. Let's go. Yeah, he doesn't even have to have a brother. Nothing. Just let him just make him make a Matt Cardone next to him and let him beat win the internet internet title too while we're at it. I mean, <laughs> Steve Austin just give him give him the moon, strap the rocket to that kid. Um, that kid. Yeah. So here we you know see a good match. It was entertaining. Uh, the segment with Ahmed and stuff was, uh, and you know we advance uh, Rock Hard a little bit more. Ahmed's, of course, you know, a capable opponent, so you get a good, solid win there for him. So it was, it was good for what it was. And then it's time for the main event. We see Mark Henry defending his title against the man known as Zuna, which is that awesome uh, custom that Dave Wheeler did there. You know, the Omega esque. Um, Yokozuna custom that he had made. So I say I say that it, it's Omaga-esque. It's all the tribal tattoos and stuff on him because, you know, technically 
Yokozuna is Samoan. Um, I don't know what branch of the tree he's on, but he's <laughs> he's somewhere in that Samoan family tree. He's Rikishi's brother. It's not brother. I thought he was like a cousin somehow. No, Rikishi. I'm pretty sure Rikishi, Yoko, and Samu are all brothers. Well, let's look that up. If not, Rikishi and Yoko, I believe, are at least brothers. Uh, I mean, they're exactly the same freaking size and look like each other. Because well, I'm kinda, the I'm original story is Samu and Rikishi and Yoko were all supposed to be the Samoan SWAT team. But then they pulled Yoko because something happened. He wasn't ready to debut or something. And that made Some him Yoko. Chicken asses and mayonnaise. <laughs> Wrestling Sorry, history. I popped myself on that one. Samu is awesome, though. He's one of the nicest guys. Okay, so. Right. Well, this is a sidetrack, isn't it? <laughs> He bit. was a member of the Anoi wrestling family. Roman oh, Reigns, wow. Rikishi, Samu, Rosie, Manu, Umaga, and The Rock were among his cousins. The Usos were his first cousins, once removed, and Afa and Sika were his uncles. He has two children who are not wrestling. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. So he's he's in the family, but he's not like a... He wasn't doing good, and then his uncles took him in and taught him how to wrestle. If you watch the Icon special yeah. on Peacock, not plugging Peacock because Peacock sucks. Um, hey, 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 let, let no, Peacock no. When you're playing us. commercials during pay-per-views, like it's a Monday Night Raw we or a SmackDown. need, you need advertisers. To... Peacock, we love you. Give us the money. You're not going to give. I, I won't take it. Hey, take we're, it. we're making money on this podcast now. I have you know. <laughs> A whole dollar fifty. Breaking guitars and drawing dimes. Anywho, hold on. <clears throat> anyway, so, so Zuna versus Mark Henry. Um, this match we kind of you know joked about it earlier about Matt dollar King of Gaga. Yes. Shut up. Let's <laughs> start somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know Matt being the king of Gaga, and now Mark is definitely giving him a run for his money because there's a lot of Gaga here in this one. Um, but that's kind of the way that this was. <laughs> Zuna and Mark Henry would not have a scientific, you know, Matt classic. This is not Kurt Angle versus, uh, like, you know, Matt classic that he's putting on and stuff here. This would be a, just a, a brawl and then uh, accentuate it with, you know, everything happening and stuff. We see, uh, of course, you know, House of Pain come down and get into it. We see the. Triple H and the New Age, or not New Age, I lost. Triple H and the Outsiders make their way down to inner. Um, even the score, we see one of the big things from Thrill Zone Season 1 uh, where they broke the ring. They break the ring, of course, in this match, which you could easily see with these two huge guys fighting back and forth. There's like one post broken off, right? Yeah. It goes in and slams into the post and it breaks. So, Yep. Um, so that was a good throwback to season one. Uh, and then, of course, we see the Gaga, you know, Outsiders and Triple H come down to fight off um, House of Pain, kind of get them back to square one. Then between Henry and, and Zuna, uh, we see Macho Man get involved and kind of fight back against uh, 
Mark Henry. Um, but then even after all this gaga going on and things, Zona goes for a Samoan drop, misses, and then Mark Henry lifts up Yokozuna, which he's probably one of the few people on the planet who could actually do this, uh, and hits the world's strongest slam on him to get the pinfall and keeps the belt. So um, a lot kind of we're keeping up with the, you know, click versus them storyline um, going forward. You've got a couple different ways you can go here with Mark Henry. You could go Mark Henry versus Triple H. I think that would be good to kind of continue that storyline. Um, you could even do some kind of six-man action, you know, Mark Henry and LOD versus uh, Triple H and the Outsiders. That would be pretty cool. Uh, you got Macho Man, who is beaten and broken, but still obviously has some stuff going on here with Mark Henry. So there's a couple of different ways you can kind of go uh, to continue storylines. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, where they go from here. But, you know, definitely. And, of course, we still have <laughs> Yokozuna still involved in this, too. You know, so who knows where he's going to end up for next month. So. Which the Zuna theme, let's give a, let's give a shout out to that Yokozuna theme. Uh, the remix by, by Mark. But then that's actually Brian doing that. Yes. At the beginning of it. So he actually took the audio from Brian singing it to do that. So. Massive you got to give it props. It was, that. Yeah, that was very, very smart. I, I, I <clears> have <throat> to uh, to give credit to Mark, man. Like at at work, I had a you know some people coming in and out while I was sitting listening to this while doing other things, and they walked into me just like cackling hysterically, and I had to try to attempt to explain why I was laughing so hard. Man, it, Mark did such a great job. Keep it up, good sir. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, so um, pretty good main event and everything there. A great show from uh, Thrill Zone overall. I was pretty happy with it. Um, <clears throat> start to kind of, you know, I, I kind of suspected that this would be the case, uh, you know, with Thrill Zone's booking and stuff, is that we, I want to go back at the, once we get through Major Fest, I'm going to go back and kind of re-listen because there's a lot of nuances and stuff, I'm sure, um, that we've missed just because we didn't know what was coming down the pipe. You know, so there's probably a lot of interactions and stuff that when you hear back in hindsight, knowing where what ends up happening, um, it'll make a bigger difference in things. So, I mean, I like the entirety of the Balls Mahoney storyline. Yeah. Like coming coming to fruition with that, that New Jack segment, man. I was just, I, I was, I loved every part of that. It was so good. Yeah. So it was. So final thoughts on it. Uh, let's give a number. What grade do we assign at it out of 10? We gave kind of averaged about 8.5 for collusion collision. So what do we give Warcraft? I'm giving Mark a nine. A nine. Only because everything kind of was crisp, clean. He came out. With everything good. The only reason I'm kind of giving him not closer to a 10 is because of uh, his Macho Man impression needs work. I, I didn't feel like well, I was a 10, listening. A, a 10 is going to like really like almost unattainable, I think. So I, I think I think if you average about an 8 or a 9 on most of these shows, then that means you've, you've done pretty well. And like I said, there's we're all pretty much, these last couple of shows especially, are right about... 
Even. Eight or nine each year, you know, nine or nine point five. So it's close to perfection. But I don't know if anybody, anybody will ever have a perfect show. But we'll see. Maybe. I, I'm gonna give. Um, so my head says nine. My heart says nine and a half. And that that point five is coming solely from Rich New Jack taking over. As <laughs> that's why he got hot. so high with me, and that I, finally making Rick Flair do something. Uh, the entirety of that show was was a nine for me, but Rich New Jack rolling in and just like yeah, give me matches. more, give me more Rich New Jack next month. Let's let's get more if of those. You, if every segment has Rich New Jack in it next month, you're getting an eleven <laughs> out of ten. I don't care, Rich New Jack. I'm Rich Biatch. Gold. Yeah, gold. Uh, I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him a nine. I think it was really just spot down the middle. Both, I think both shows were uh, spectacular this month. Mark really had a really solid show uh, from top to bottom storytelling-wise. The matches may not have been great necessarily, um, but storytelling-wise, this was the month I think he just really shined. Um, oh, definitely. You know, definitely. and having that, you know, as Matt keeps alluding to, he's got that 25 man booking team, you know, so, you know, <laughs> there's some kind of group chat. I think Matt keeps saying that he's got, you know, like Paul Heyman and the ghost of dusty roads and Kevin Sullivan and Vince Russo on, you know, that he keeps bouncing ideas off of or something, but look, Mark, um, if this, uh, if this group chat exists, holla at your boy. I've got good ideas. Yeah. That is, uh, so Dylan Gilbert on Facebook. We've, we've spoken before, you know me, come on. Add me in. So, oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much then. Okay, so Month what's four, our consensus? I, it's I think safe our to consensus say it's two two. Yeah, two two, which is yeah. that's where Zanman has it. Zanman though had the uh, he had last month we had it for turmoil. He had it for thrill zone. Uh, this month he had it reversed, and he had it for turmoil. And you know we had it for thrills and so the scores are the same. Either uh, two, of those two. are wrong, honestly. I think no, they were think... both so. It's so neck and neck. It's like point five is the deciding factor. Yeah, which comes down to just one little critique here or there. I mean, it's one just segment, so... one storyline. Yeah, like, one little bitty thing is all it takes to, to make it. Everything is you know. Both shows were really really great. Um, I think just the long-term storytelling payoff uh, is kind of what put it over the edge for me this month for Thrill Zone. So, so with that being said, uh, we'll come back with another one of these in December after Pay-Per-View 5 gets posted on the road to Major Fest. Hopefully, the, we're starting to kind of see some stuff take shape here for everybody. Kind of storytelling is starting to pay off. Uh, let's kind of book real quick what do you guys think are some major fest matches that we might see for both brands so i'm kind of hoping we end up seeing and and look i this is this is me just throwing the line into the water and hoping i wouldn't mind seeing hogan versus lesnar you know lesnar had the uh the moment where he turned on the giant quote unquote he kind of laughed at the giant instead of helping him I could see a uh, Hogan Lesnar match. 
I, I would not and be I think too that happy. Would be, I mean, I think too that, sad about that. That'd be a good one. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I happened. think we're headed towards you know that, maybe. Right? I, I fear yeah, we're headed so. back towards. <sighs> See, I, I don't know where Matt's going necessarily. Um I think it I don't think Matt knows Hogan where he's going again. yet. But I see, I, but I think if you end Austin Austin Hogan again, though, it's a mistake because we've been there. Like it's either Austin Hogan right. or Goldberg Hogan. I I think you could have Brett shock the world, um, win the belt, and then you could have Brett Austin as the main event of Major Fest, and that would be something new. Ooh, that I, would I be wouldn't good. Be upset with that I, either. Um, I could, but then you could also do Brett. Goldberg at some point leading up to Brett Austin. Brett Goldberg will play. Too. Yeah. Brett joins the NWO. NWO has the title back. Yeah, Brett could. Yeah, what if the Austin NWO turns on Hogan versus next Evil Brett and joins Brett? How about that? That'd be a swerve, and then it's like, oh, now that's different, you know. So it's a swerve, bro. There's a lot of stuff Matt could do. Um, I don't know where he's headed necessarily for Major Fest. He, he's I said from the beginning he knew where he was going, and I don't dispute that, that he's had a plan. Uh, be nice to see where he's going for it. Uh, obviously, we're going Taz versus Jeff Jarrett. That'll probably be uh, Edge versus Christian setting Either, that up. It might be Team Taz versus TNA, though, when you think about it. it maybe. I mean, I don't know if we'll – he might do that this month and then have the solo Jarrett versus or, Taz yeah. at Major Fest. So, I don't, you know, there's a couple different ways he could play that off, but. Uh, definitely, the Dudleys are going to be involved with that now with TNA. So, uh, and then of course you're going to have looks to be maybe like um, the Acolytes taking on the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane. So, um, I, I'd love to. Those see are kind of the big ones I see there for yeah. Thrill Zone. Um, of course we got Balls versus Kurt Angle, which I'm ready for. I, yeah, which I, is I like that a lot. It's going to be entertaining. I'm fine with that. Uh, we had announced Ric Flair versus Bam Bam. Like we, I think we kind of agreed we would like to have seen that. Uh, maybe moved up to the December to pay per view five. Yeah, Ric Flair maybe like something bigger. See, uh, I'd love um, to see Flair versus Bam Bam in December. Flair take the W and, and move on to Mark Henry. Shawn Michaels versus Sting. I think we're going to see New Jack versus Foley. I've I hinted at that too. I thought I, we could see I that in like a that. control, and I think that is gold. That would be perfect. Like whoever wins gets control of Thrill Zone. Or I could see it being um, Cactus. Yeah, Cactus. Cactus. But you know, yeah, Foley. Cactus well, it's, yeah, have, versus have Jack Foley, would be uh, great. Have have Jack like push Foley too far, and have Foley like come back as Cactus for that. Because yeah. I mean, if you're gonna have these two together, it's got to be some form of like barbed wire death match, hardcore, whatever you want to call it. You're gonna have New Jack versus Foley. It's got to be ECW rules or above. Yeah, it's just my opinion. Um, not really sure where the title scene goes. Um, yeah, I feel like you got Mark a couple of different or... ways you can feed. Like I said, you could do uh, Macho Man there as the opponent. You could uh, easily slide Triple H up in there. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think both of those would be, you know, pretty acceptable. And then, of course, you know, you still have Yokozuna who could come back and work in some kind of, you know, I mean, you could have Yokozuna in a multi-man match there or something. I don't know. Um, I, I think what Mark is doing really well each week is, or each, each week, each month. Each show. Yeah, yeah each show is uh, is giving us a little something we didn't expect. 
And so I honestly, I'm having a hard time picking the, uh, the major fest matches just because every month he's coming out with something like this, you know, like the, the rich new Jack taking control. I never saw that coming. So I'm having a hard time, like picking what he's going to do going forward because I don't know what he's going to do next month, much less two months from now. We gotta just wait and see. Yeah, yeah. gotta wait and so, see. Let's so now the countdown. I need countdowns on now for uh, the next two pay per views as we go home almost to Major Fest. And it, like I said, it is neck and neck. Uh, we <laughs> have the same score as Zane Man two to two, even though opposite uh, winnings. opposite winnings each month the last two months. So, but the score is the same, which just goes to highlight, like I said, you know how close this really is. So. Oh, so yeah. this is this has been neck and neck. It has been been great your season so far through four months, and you can't wait to see where it where it goes. And then we get to you know cry about it not being a thing for a while until season three comes around. But there's always or, the AFW to branch. Your, say, true. Look to the action figure wrestling pod. We're going to keep going. Weekly. We're got some great stuff going on right now too. So Weekly to figure to our own horns, but we do. So before we wrap this thing up, I'm going to dive in and kind of take uh, take the reins back as your commissioner. Full disclosure, we're uh, we're recording this thing. It's it's uh, very early into the morning of Thanksgiving. It's going out Thanksgiving Day, and uh, man, I just want to say like I'm I'm thankful for both uh, both Dave and Jerry and just this man this pod and what we've done with it. And it's uh it's been awesome to see this thing come from just three guys with the shared love of FWF and wrestling figures and, and it's cool to see this bond that we formed. And man, I'm thankful for you guys. Not to be too gushy and emotional, but yeah, I'm definitely we were Thanksgiving for, uh, episode, man. I, I had to. Thankful for, you know, both you guys and the friendship that we've developed here through this. Yeah. Um, thankful, that Dave let, thankful that Dave lets me win every week. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lets you win every week. We're still waiting on some Zambrand uh, reviews. He's like three months behind. So we'll see. Hey, man, yeah. life happens. He's, he's got busy, everything but he's done. Right, right now, I just you're only to listen just one show. I think we're doing some really great stuff right now, and I really want to get his opinion on some of the stuff. But, yeah. Uh, if only we could get the guys to listen to it. I wonder if yeah. Smash Master listens to it. I don't know. We'll have to see. But with that said, guys, let's uh like I said this is early Thanksgiving. We got lots of Thankful turkey. For you tomorrow. guys too. You mean today? Yeah. We've got we've got a parade to watch here in a few hours. Literally. Yes. So, come on. <laughs> yeah, literally wait. in a few hours. That's like my yeah. favorite thing ever. And then that turkey starts the holiday season. It if does, I don't watch so. the parade, my holiday season just doesn't start right. All right, boys. All right. So, for the AFW, for the Commissioner Dylan Gilbert, Daredevil Dave Dahl, I am Jerry Cook at Jerry Damage. Signing off saying good night and goodbye. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>